Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, like, when you're just young and you're just kind of trying to, you're trying to figure out who you are. So it's like, even if you have an old soul or a mature soul, you're still, you're still in a young physical body. So people aren't going to take you as seriously, even if your soul feels old. Um, So I was just kind of, in some ways, I feel like it really tested me to to be a good person. Do you know, like when you go through things like that, it can really like crush your You'll hear it here first. You are now rocking with the hottest business and spirituality podcast show, The Transform You Live Show, hosted by Marcus Hart and Paul Greaves. This is the only place where you can get on your own personal transformation journey, drawn from personal stories, books, and much, much more. For more information, visit transformyoubroadcast.com. That's transform the letter you broadcast.com only on the transform you media network now here's your host as always i'm your host marcus hart and you know we want to definitely acknowledge our dear friend our co-host uh, paul Grease, who is uh not here with us but regardless of the fact we have a great guest here who's going to be uh, standing in uh to offer us up some great information, some great content. We are geared and ready uh, to receive uh, someone who's a award-winning petite fashion model, a VO actress, digital marketer, gamer, host of Sullivan's She Shed, and a businesswoman. So she's in great company here. We talked on the other side, and um, she was a little nervous about um, some of the things we might talk about. But... Um, you know, we are a pretty well-received audience, which I know you guys are. So we're going to let this young lady um, introduce herself and tell her much about her own personal transformation journey in her own words. How's it going? Hi, Marcus. Thanks for having me on your show today. It's quite the honor and quite the privilege to have you. So how about you tell them your name uh, and, you know, and just your transformation journey, which, uh, you know, allow the audience to get to know you. For sure. So guys, my name is Sullivan. Um, my last name is Belanger. I go by the moniker Dolly and I've actually it's La Renaissance Dolly um, since like 2008, 2009. Um, so I came on Mark, I'm on Marcus's show to share about how I became a model and everything that I'm working on now over the course of time from 2007 to present. Um, so basically I started modeling in 2007. Um, At the time I was in Southern Illinois and there wasn't really, I mean, for anyone that lives in like Wisconsin or like Illinois, they know that Southern Illinois is a really rural area. So um, I kind of had a really interesting place to try and get started in a creative field. Um, So I started basically doing student projects and then I just kind of moved on to more professional projects. I was a fine art model until um, 
I was actually a fine art model for Johnny Logan College and mm -hmm. a couple other um, college professors. So it was a very academic kind of background. And I wanted to basically move into modeling professionally from there. I was getting paid, but I wasn't being paid like the full professional model rates yet. Right. Yeah, it, it's funny that you say that, you know, you, you said that it's a really interesting place to get started from. But when I when I think of rural areas, I think that like that's plenty enough to get a lot of inspiration from. Uh, oh, definitely. It makes you creative, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Because I, I just think back to just going out in nature and you can just tap into so much out in nature and just being in open space, you know, uh, it's just you got time to think, to think and focus. Oh, definitely. I feel like the energy comes together in mm -hmm. when you're surrounded by nature, like you really just feel it. Um, so we had Basically, we just ended up there randomly because we had come from my dad was military. So we had right. moved all over the place, like as soon as I was born. And the funny thing is, I was born in Illinois, but I had never lived in Illinois. So it's like um, until that that time period. So we were all over the place. We were overseas in Korea yeah. and came back. We were in like Texas, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, um, Pacific Northwest. Arizona for a spell and then randomly ended up in Southern Illinois. Yeah. So, um, so there's a running joke. Like a lot of my friends that are still there, um, we, we have a joke. So we kind of like saying that we served our time because the <laughs> one back when I, <laughs> and I think Marcus will understand this joke because yeah. um, Illinois used to have that penitentiary in Marion and right. it was like the biggest penitentiary at the time. And I think that was like what, 2001, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, but that's but that's like a joke that like my friends that still live in Southern Illinois say they, they say we're still serving our time here. <laughs> so I like to joke and I say I served six years there <laughs> and then took off. Um, so it, it was a very interesting kind of setting, like Marcus was saying. So it was a lot of nature, a lot of well, in some cases, nothing, but a lot of really good people. Um, right. So my friends were very creative, too. And. Um, one of my girlfriends name was Tammy and she started just dressing me up. <laughs> she started just like she, she would put makeup on me and then she would yeah. get these dresses that she bought at the store and never wore and she would just dress me in them. And we actually put pictures up on Model Mayhem and I started to get contacted for paid work, <laughs> which was really just like interesting. But at the time, yeah, I wasn't you know, I was busy with school, so I didn't really have time right. to like really focus on it or anything um, but around like 2007 I decided I wanted to do it professionally so I kind of went backwards so most mm -hmm. people when they get into modeling they start off being I guess I would say like a much more conservative in some respects and then yeah. they they gradually show more skin well I went straight the other direction I went yeah. as a fine art model under academics which is a really professional a very um, upscale um, kind of criteria so I would model as a statue, I would be a facial model, I would be, I would sit in front of the class. And the ironic thing was when I worked at Johnny Logan as an art model, there was, you didn't show any skin because I guess it was right. so, um, so conservative for Carterville and that they, um, they wouldn't allow it. So I would just sit there <laughs> in my yeah. class clothes because I would come from class and just sit there. Um, that was really, that was really fun now that I think back on it. And um, I wanted to kind of grow more, but clear, uh, but I was busy with school and everything. So that always came first was work in school because I had rent and bills to pay. Um, so I was, 
it's it's kind of interesting to talk about it in retrospect, Marcus, because it's I was thinking like that was twelve years ago. <laughs> right, you know the time goes by so fast, and you know, and 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 I'm just listening, and and like you say, you took you took a definitely backwards uh, you know, go at it, and like it, it reminds me too, you know, because like I, I had like a real short short period of modeling, you know, and I and I took that that the look conservative route, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, just full dress, you know, and. You know, and I, I'm like, man, you know, I totally can relate to that story. And I, I know there's people out there, too, that's very intrigued right now and very curious as to, like, you know, the like, did you ever expect that you even end up in that position from just just, just playing around, you know, like, um, like, you know, and you was doing it for fun, you know. Mm-hmm. So so that had to have been pretty exciting. Yeah, it was it was really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and around that time period, I'm sure Marcus already knows this, but like around the late 90s, early 2000s is when um, a lot of the large mother agencies got rid of all the petite representation. So they I'm 5'2". Yeah, yeah and, the, and the standard of beauty had switched. So suddenly it was like a really almost sinewy kind of model, um, preferably blonde haired, blue eyed. Um, tall Caucasian generally and and sometimes it would be like a token model that was like a model of color that would be like some um what the agencies would use as like for campaigns it wasn't like a really sincere kind of motive right it was just kind of like to like um someone phrased it one of the agents I talked to phrased it as diversity hires yeah um it wasn't really genuine and Marcus already knows this it's like a like an affirmative action thing almost Mm -hmm. it it was like real weird you know and like um even even I got kind of shaved off like after a while because like I I was just like right at that 510 mark and I was like oh you're 510 I'm like what (laughs) That's so crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Like this market is strange. Like I couldn't yeah. understand it because like you would do really amazing in like Nollywood and Asia. Like they would because you're like slim and <laughs> yeah. and they didn't care that I was petite, you know, when it came. Well, guys, I should probably stay on track because I like when I talk to Marcus, I get really excited because no, he has fine. that vibe. <laughs> no, yeah, he has that vibe where you just want to chat with him. <laughs> But um, yeah, so like around 2008, 2009, uh, I started approaching agencies and like my friend's mom was like, well, why don't you come with me? I can take you to the agencies in St. Louis. But it was the same problem. So they would say, well, she's not tall. She's not full white because they wanted and, and people will think that I'm exaggerating, but they really didn't like if you were too ethnic, if you were mature which they considered past the age of 30 which is nuts (laughs) yeah that's nuts Um, that that totally doesn't work in acting you know acting it really doesn't matter yeah and then they didn't want you to be too modest like modesty initially when I started I wanted to do modest fashion but that wasn't Mm -hmm. in then so I couldn't do modest fashion um and then I wasn't curvy like I was like a beanpole then so you couldn't even do uh, I wasn't even curvy. I couldn't even qualify for that category then um, so it was just kind of like it it was a very narrow kind of industry from that time period from like the right. late 90s to like I want to say 2013 is when the shift started happening mm-hmm. but um, I would go I would talk to agents and I would get really mixed reviews some of the agents that were just some were really kind and like sweet like oh you're such a you know you're a very you've got a sweet personality you're really friendly you're really fun and you would do really good with acting 
And but then they would go, oh, but you're <laughs> <Yeah>. short. <laughs> and then you know, Marcus yeah. has been there. And then other people were not used to like, I, I honestly think there was like a lack of education on like mm. people of color. And like, I know I'm fair skinned, but I'm actually like mixed. And Marcus already knows this. Right. But um, yeah, guys, if you look at her, you know, you, you, you would definitely see her definitely in her pupils. And, you know, so, yeah, it's, you know, she's, she's definitely stunning. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I just turned pink. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, <laughs> ah, Marcus. <laughs> um, so what I was saying was, um, I just got like ping ponged back and forth in this market. Mm-hmm. Like some of the agents were nice and some of the agents would tell me I had rabbit teeth that I had, um, that my nose was too broad that I had, I kid you not. Someone said I had chinky eyes, which just made me really, oh, wow. I, I was stunned, you know, that someone would say that. And then there was an agent and with like Lily's, he was like training with Lily's in Chicago and Marcus knows this agency, but um, he told me to get leg extension surgery. Oh, no, that, <laughs> that's horrible. You know, I, I have heard horror stories about this stuff, you know, and uh-huh. you know, like, man, you, you know, it, it really does a lot to your self-esteem, especially if you already got some stuff you haven't really recovered recover from. You know, so I, I can just imagine like, you know, what what you went through, you know, and, and like the the emotional emotional like, you know, roller coaster you had to really, you know, continue to ride. You know, so how, how did you personally deal with that, you know, uh, during those years? Um, it was it was just really rough. I felt really ugly. <laughs> like I felt like some yeah. kind of leper. And some of my girlfriends, like my one of my girlfriends, she was um she was mixed so she was like um I think she was Puerto Rican but like European descent Puerto Rican Mm -hmm. and um her mom was African-American so she was like she was built like her dad's side of the family and like she got signed with Wilhelmina right away and then some of my other friends got signed with like Lily's and you know Factor Women or at the time it was I think it was Ford I think it's Factor Women now um but they got signed right away and I just felt like crap. <laughs> like right. I was just sitting there, like so I'm ugly. <laughs> like that that awkward kid sitting yeah. on the side of the the, the schoolyard. That's how I felt. Um, I did get hired for like a local Walmart show, which was kind of interesting. That was actually my first project. So I got hired to model Walmart clothes. <laughs> um, I was 14 at the time, and that was really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I, but there are some opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> there, I mean, like there's, there's opportunities. Yeah, you get this, you get the smaller ones. Then, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, so like you know, just that that no, like not giving up, you know, um, spirit. You know, that's 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 really crucial. You know, has, has that carried over, like like even now, like you know, um, in in you know, I, I would imagine it has, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like more conscious now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was younger, I was just, I just knew what I wanted. Like, uh, you're just being like 13, 14 years old. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And so I would just yeah, do it. It's so much and, <laughs> Yeah, because you just kind of like, yeah. you're not scared of anything. Right. And you know, you've got like that sense of vitality that you're just not yeah. scared or intimidated by anything. I'm still the same way. But, you know, there are certain things that I've like had injuries from that I'm a little bit more self-conscious about. Right. But um, so like fast forwarding a little bit forward past that so like around mm, I want to say 2009 2010 I was actually scouted by one of the top uh, talent scout agents Mm. in New York his name is Michelle Talleri um and he had called me and this is when I was in Carbondale because you know at the time I was I had my own apartment at that time so Mm. I I was renting a townhouse 
I was working at Hollister. I was one of the sales associates at Hollister. And oh, we can even talk about what happened with Hollister. They had that huge lawsuit uh, around that time frame. Yeah. Um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com spiritpark Yeah, do you remember they weren't hiring enough um, people of color? And then yeah, they weren't. That. Yeah, and then they had really strict requirements. Like you had to look like a model or you had to be a model to be hired, even for the sales floor. And um, that, around that time, they had a huge lawsuit with that. And I came and I was working with that. I was working um, at an ornament stand. I was a cashier at a pool. <laughs> I was juggling school, then like kind of like traveling on the weekends for like the fine art modeling. And then I realized, um, um, I want to try something different. So then when I went to the agencies, I kept getting rejected. The door slammed in my face, called ugly, and then called beautiful, then called ugly. And then <laughs> like it was just like being ping-ponged. And then Michelle Tulleri contacted me. Um, it was initially through Model Mayhem. So at the time, there were a couple different sites. So there was Model Mayhem. There was modelscouts.com. And there was another one, I, I think it was Lefango, because I got an award from them for aspiring uh, talent when I had right. first started. Um, so I, being as young as I was and like paying my own rent and bills, didn't want to spend $100 a month. So I just went with Model Mayhem, like the $20 a month. And I was scouted by Michel Tulliering. And he basically... He was just like, oh, my God, I have so much respect for this man. Um, he yeah. took the time to call me um, when I was still living in Carbondale. And he like we had a, like an hour long consultation. He was like, so what do you want to do? I was like, I want to do fashion, but they won't let me do fashion. And they keep telling me I'm ugly. <laughs> and Michelle was like, what? Who keeps telling you you're ugly? I'm like, the people in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> And so like Michelle was just, you know, he, he understood the background I was coming from, you know, mm -hmm. he said in the fashion industry, it's, you know, there's no way there's, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's very whitewashed. So right. like Michelle came from a background where he had to deal with that. And then he didn't come for money. And, you know, basically he understood and right. he, he understood like the discrimination that a lot of girls were feeling at that time and myself mm -hmm. included. So, um, he was saying, well, let's try Let's try different strategies. So do you, what are other skills you have? I'm like, I'm really friendly. I'm really social. So he was like, you would be really good for marketing. I was like, okay, so I'll focus on that. And that's how I got started in digital marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and then he was saying, well, what other skills are you good at? I'm like, well, I'm really good at managing businesses. Well, at the time I was getting started. Um, I'm really good with like being analytical so then Michelle was saying, well, you could do, you could even do the business end. Like someone could train you. And by the time 
like time goes by five or six years, you can be running, you know, helping run an agency basically, mm -hmm. because I already had the skills and I was building the skills then as well. Um, so he was just, he was really inspirational and he really left a really big impact on me even 12 mm -hmm. years later. Um, because not when everyone was just like slamming the door in my face and telling me, Oh, you're not a real model. Um, you can't, you know, like you're too small to be a model. You're, you know, like you're not, you're too ethnic looking or things like that. Um, it just like, it just, it felt good to know that someone at his stature understood and like yeah. empathized with that and understood. And he'd, you know, he'd been there um, more on the behind the scenes aspect of it, but for someone to really like empathize with you is kind of like rare in the fashion industry. Like back then, I think now that's more expected now. Um, but he was just really phenomenal. And he said um, that if I was ever in New York, just come shoot with him, you'd get me started. So um, I ended up actually going right after that conversation, I ended up going to mm -hmm. Chicago and I started working with agency photographers and I was still doing a little bit of like glamour modeling. Cause I still, you know, right. it's a, this sounds cold and calculated guys, but you have to understand I was responsible for myself. So I was <laughs> yeah. paying like my rent and my right. bills and everything. And I can understand like where someone would come from a different perspective. Well, well your, why didn't you go to your parents? Well, I, I was also an independent status student at the time. So you like, I was paying for my own things and there's a whole backstory to that, but I'm not going to get into that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, cool. you like when you have to pay your own rent and bills, you're going to do things to pay your rent. Exactly. <laughs> like, hey, you got to make it happen. You know? Yeah. You don't want to be live under a bridge and not to say yeah. that it's bad. If anyone ends up under a bridge, I don't want it to be taken that way. It's just that it's just the expression. Cause sometimes people get offended <laughs> with expressions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was basically doing that and you, know, I had, and then, um, in Chicago, this is like 2009, 2010, you know, like anywhere from like 2009, 2011 ish. So I was starting to work with agency photographers, the ones that actually like saw my potential and mm -hmm. believed in me. Um, there was like Tom Lane and there was just Mike White, a bunch of different people. Mm -hmm. wow. <laughs> and it's like, they, they could see something that other industry people couldn't see like the right. especially like the agencies couldn't see and when I worked with them I started being contacted from agents and talent managers overseas and some of my girlfriends that I had mentioned that had gone overseas and came back um, they referred me to people in Cebu Philippines Singapore Japan and somewhere in Bollywood and these were legit people these weren't just like randoms on the internet yeah. Um, so one of the producers that had contacted me was um, Mick Glessner of Bigfoot Entertainment. And I don't, um, I'm sure Marcus knows this because he like works with people from all over the world. Um, but like Cebu Philippines, that's like a really, well, at the time, that was like a really big market for film, especially in Asia. Because um, production costs were much lower than say if you were to shoot in Japan or like China, because China, they got into like a little bit of an economic um, hardship with the film industry for a little while. Um, but Cebu Philippines with Bigfoot Entertainment, and he wanted me to basically play a part of, well, uh, it was a very serious film, but Baby Fam was in it, and I knew who she was. <laughs> I was like, I'll play a supporting role if I get to act with her. <laughs> so, um, so that was, like, I was getting really big opportunities, but then again, like I emphasized again, I was an independent status student, so I didn't really get like a lot of help and um, like the most help I ever got from my family was like a hundred dollars. And then it was, 
what campaign are you being published in? I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's how that works. I'm like, right. okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's just kind of, uh, it's, it was just really rough you know, uh, in this market and getting started. And then seeing how I was just like, that I could fit a standard of beauty overseas. Mm. So it was just kind of like, it was, it felt really weird. It felt like I was being teased. <laughs> like what what's happening here so um I ended up not going because I didn't want to risk that because I was enrolled at school at the time so right. um, I just did vocal training dance training um in Chicago and mm -hmm. it's like I kept hitting different walls so for I competed with uh, Maxim Hometown Hotties and mm -hmm. that was kind of interesting in itself because the I went in and the photographer was just so astounded because I was carrying a conversation <laughs> with him and he thought it was going to be like more of the typical model he'd worked with they were just kind of yeah. like hypersexualized. and it's not I'm not saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing that's neither here or there because everyone's different Right. But I just kind of had no interest in it. <laughs> yeah. I was basically there to get a paycheck and flutter off, basically. So um, I ended up placing and then I, they had changed the age. So uh, <laughs> I couldn't, um, I couldn't compete because I was so far under the uh, minimum age requirement oh, they had fine. then. I mean, like my pictures placed and they weren't vulgar or anything. They were just yeah. kind of, you know, for that market. And so that was frustrating. And I did dance training for like three months. I had a show at Padawanami Casino. And then the day I got on the train to head to Padawanami, um, they still told me I was underage too. So I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> so like trying to do, do things at a really young age can be really hard. And I think that's why it's yes. been much easier now because I can qualify for the age requirements right. for a lot of projects. Um, but that was frustrating. And I would tell Michelle, I'm like, I'm just so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> so I still talk to him now. And apparently he and I were like 12 years ahead of the curve. So, <laughs> But um, yeah, and then uh, I was in Chicago. I was dealing with that and, you know, still modeling, going to school, busy working and just just busy all the time. And I was doing vocal training. I had um, I was contact. Oh, one of my professors had contacted me for an audition with Glee. And I was excited and then my professor didn't show up because, you know, like they, uh, <laughs> it was just a string of weird luck. Um, but my friend was saying, cause you know, like my friend, she's more, um, she's much more, I want to say more, more spiritual. And she's, she says it was like a sign. So she was saying, she was like, it's not the right time. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay. okay. So um, then I went to LA and then LA in itself is a very interesting place. Yeah, it's um, really different. Opposite yeah, side. it's like it's it's um your Chicago is really conservative compared to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um LA, I was just I was so taken aback by like the forwardness of some of the mm -hmm. people there. <laughs> like um I had an agent come up to me and he was a reputable agent, but he was like, um, what did you say? Oh, he was trying to see if I wanted to go into porn, and I was just kind of like no, I, I, I just want to model. Right. <laughs> I'm like, so, uh, bye. <laughs> so it's like, they're just very direct 
there. It's, it's yeah. It was really weird. You would think that someone would have a bit more finesse if they're trying to convince someone to do something like that. But like that wasn't my cup of tea. Um, not too yeah, bad. I know girls that have like gone. It's like the you know? It's, yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of, um, and it's very hypersexualized as well. And it's just kind of, I, I like, I'm sure Marcus knows talking to me. That's just, that's like not at the forefront of my mind. So um, it, to go into an industry that's very, um, erotic in nature in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. especially with glamour modeling, because that's expected of you in glamour modeling. Basically, it's just a, it's it's a it's a weird kind of parallel. <laughs> yeah, which which brings us to that, like you know, like I mean, you you, you what you describe and it's like you know, um, kind of like overall as we listen to your story, it's like you know how we you know get to that point of like understanding of you know. A, a, what a parallel career is and you know and and why it is important for like aspiring uh, aspiring um models or and professionals um in this industry you know because like you you yourself you know you you, you had to stink at this and um you, you found your way way through yeah, it was it was a weird awkward winding path <laughs> yeah but so, um, as Marcus was saying, parallel careers. So this is something that agents are supposed to tell you, you know, like when you sign. Yeah, yeah they never what? tell you, though. <laughs> they never tell you. Yeah. See, Marcus knows exactly what I'm talking about. So agents are supposed to tell you that your paycheck, when you when you, they send you on a, on a casting and audition and you're hired, your paycheck, they legally are allowed to not send you the paycheck for like 90 days. And... They t- what most agents are supposed to tell you is that you need to have a- another job or a parallel career. And Michelle had told me this, so I was already prepared for it. But, you know, I decided I would focus on digital marketing. So then that's what I started focusing on. So I built my skills in digital marketing you know, in Chicago, and I, I was recruited by Girl PR. And that was like 2011. And I did basically sales for them. And then I was doing marketing for... Um, not a law firm. I am a doctor. I think um, I forgot his name. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so I did digital marketing for Dr. Paul Dabronsky. And if you guys have never heard of him, he basically wrote for um, a lot of the pop magazines for Cosmopolitan, um, basically with like relationships and dating advice. Okay. So I handled that was my first project. My first ever digital marketing project was for that doctor. And I would do uh, blogging for him as well. And it was, it was really interesting because I was like, oh, hmm, I actually like this. Like I can be analytical, I can be friendly, and I can be silly and engage with people and still help bring in revenue for a business. So that's how I got into digital marketing, which became a parallel career um, for since 2011. And it's mm-hmm. only been recently that I've like started switching because I did it for like 12 years. And then I'm just like, I think I want to go into cybersecurity. So that's what I'm working on now, guys. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I did that in LA. Um, Marcus knows this as well. So Los Angeles usually takes people three to five years to get their feet on the ground. Um, generally speaking, the first year is really rough for even the most, um, I would say most, how would you phrase this, Marcus? (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, even, even the most, I guess what they would call the most high-end supermodel (laughs) Mm -hmm. like it's it's it can be a bit rough because you're dealing with i want 
I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. Um, I want to say maybe like a duplicitous nature for a lot of people, but maybe it's you don't really know what you're going to get is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, so it's, that was a lot. It's a lot of navigation, you know, yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, if you don't know who you who you're supposed to know, um, you, you, you can, you know, find yourself making steps forward and making steps backwards. Mm-hmm. Like you make one step forward and you get three steps back. So there was a time period where I was like homeless for a month in LA, but I recovered really quickly because I already, you know, I had been there a year, so I knew where to go and what to do. But um, for most people, when they end up in that situation in LA, it's not a month recovery time. Um, so it's like, it's, it's just being, being quick on your feet, but being very careful because um the most common complaint I've heard. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the Proceeding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months now through December 14th. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have a $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertised APY. It is that people don't really know what to expect from the people there. And a lot of that has to do with people coming from all over the world. Mm-hmm. So it's like people come up uh, and a lot of the people are artistic minded. And some sometimes artists can be a little interesting. <laughs> so um, I wouldn't say don't go to L.A. or New York because I've lived in both cities. But it's just that these are cities where there's not a lot of room for error. Um and my story where I was like uh, displaced for like a month. Okay, that that was frustrating as it was, but um, mm-hmm. most people don't recover after a month. Most people, it takes longer, if mm-hmm. at all. And that's part of the reason that LA has some of the problems that it has. But I'm um, like, I recovered and I was just back on my feet and then moving forward. Um, but it's just, it it's a very beautiful city, but it, that beauty is kind of like a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, uh, yeah, and it, it took me like three to five years to get movement in what I was doing. Digital marketing took three years and then modeling took five years. Yeah, that's about average though. You know, I, I think that's about, you know, pretty average for just about any business. Uh, I mean, any business adventure, anything you're doing, um, you know, but, you know, even though nowadays people, you know, uh, they're, they're putting out there like, oh, you can do it in 90 days. <laughs> I made six figures in a year. <laughs> they're so full of it. <laughs> yeah, like um, Marcus and I were talking about that. So I have, I'm working on my master's degree now. So I kind of like finished a degree, ran away, did some things, then came back and was like, yeah, I think I'll do another one. So um, we were actually talking about this. It takes about three years for like a business to really get like that traction. So you work really hard, like 16 hour days for three years, and then you see the movement. 
Yeah. And then, Before you have some real, real hard, solid stability and, you know, uh, consistency, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you're not going to really see any much consistency. And, you know, and I think you're spot on there. And it's good that you got that experience. And um, I think uh, with that experience, um, ha- do you feel like you able to like cut any of that time in half now or like cut it like by like a millisecond? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause you know, like when you're just young and you just yeah. kind of trying to, you're trying to figure out who you are. Right. So it's like, even if you have an old soul or a mature soul, you're still, you're still in a, young physical body so people aren't going to take you as seriously even if your soul feels old um so I was just kind of I in some ways I feel like it really tested me to to be a good person Mm -hmm. you know like when you go through things like that it can really like crush your spirit and it can make you just become like really bitter and lash out at people and um for me I like I don't know how everyone else is about this but for me one of the things I do I do daily prayer and meditation Mm -hmm. and I feel like it just clears that any kind of like that toxicity or negative energy um from my system so like when I was going through that I would still meditate like (laughs) I would still you know just to, to be able to focus clearly and to like make smart decisions even in a dire situation um so like, I felt like that, like, it's really important to still, when you go through really hard, um, when you go through hardships or you go through difficulties, it's like holding on to that core of you that still makes you a good person. Right. Um, and even when you're successful, you still have to hold on to that core because even if you're successful and you're making a six figures and up, it doesn't mean anything if you're not a good person. So it's just exactly. kind of... Yeah, yeah so. you, you become rotten then, you know. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. that term rotten to the core. That's that's a real thing. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Uh, and like um dealing with like greedy, like really greedy mm-hmm. people. That that's it's contagious. Yeah. <laughs> that, that 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 you know, that vibe becomes very contagious. Like if you're not doing nothing to take care of yourself, like um mm-hmm. or, or or emptying out, you know, some of that that toxicity toxicity that you get exposed to, you know. So you know, you got this thing called MetMet. You know, what is that? Mm. So uh, back to Asia, <laughs> guys. Okay. Um, so I've done some stuff with um, a couple different Bollywood produ- producers and MetMet is a site for celebrities. So I think it's really funny because people are like, you know, all of these celebrities in Asia and overseas, mm-hmm. but you're like, nobody knows who you are in the US. So I'm like, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> So MetMet is for celebrities in Singapore. And since the pandemic, they were basically expanding um, westward to um, um, basically expand their celebrity base. So I am on MetMet. I'm considered one of their their celebrities, like um, Asian celebrities. And um, basically what people can do is that if they want like a personalized video or they have like an FAQ question list, they can go to MetMet and they contact the talent manager. The talent manager or the talent acquisition manager basically um, gives them the rate that each celebrity mm-hmm. charges and they use that. They take their percentage and then uh, we get paid for performing basically. Um, so yeah. if you wanted like a birthday video or something fun or something goofy like that or like makeup tips or anything like that, it's a personalized video that's for the individual. And it's not going to be mass produced. It's not going to be put up on YouTube or um, anything to that effect. So it's like it's for the individual. Yeah. And um, MetMet's team basically edits it and customizes it for the individual. 
And um, there are a lot of celebrities on there, like Maya's on there. And I was just, I saw her her singing video. She has a singing intro. And I'm like, wow, she is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, she, yeah, there's a lot of like, you know, uh, American celebrities here that's like, you know, I, I, I th- like uh, there's a little tagline about Tracy McGrady, the NBA star, hella famous in uh, China or, <laughs> or somewhere else. <laughs> you know, so. Exactly, exactly. So like yeah. <laughs> overseas, um, like I've worked with Bollywood producers. I've worked with, you know, even here, I'm, I was meeting in LA guys, but like I've worked right. with Bollywood producers. I've worked with like Singaporean <laughs> talent managers, agents, um, I actually had a meeting with my friend DJ Heavygrinder set me up with an mm-hmm. um, agent that she worked with from Japan. So he right. was with, I think he's with Circle Talent now, but he was actually the talent manager or talent agent for, um, I think it's Man on a Mission, that famous mm-hmm. Japanese band and her as well. Cause she's a famous, she, she's, she's a famous, <laughs> she's yeah. famous in Japan. So it was yeah. just, um, it's just fascinating how that works, but it's kind of cool. Cause like nobody knows anything about me here. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I'm, I'm finding that out, you know, about, you know, myself in India is kind of, you know, so that's pretty cool, you know? So I, it's like a deep, uh, a better appreciation. I don't, I don't know. Your, your value is kind of, kind of higher over there, you know, uh, as an American. Uh, so like just that experience, like, do, do you, do you like uh, what? What do you think about that? You know what? How, what are your feelings about that? You know, um, I, I know you kind of expressed them, you know, um, kind of broadly. But like, you know, if you if we pry a little bit more into that, you know, do do you feel like you know people should like you know kind of look look at that as another avenue? Like, hey, you know, it's kind of rough here in in America. You know, oh, Americans yeah. are kind of like don't treat their treat their own so so great sometimes. So maybe we should head over head head to the uh, to the border. Yeah, yeah. So I was actually talking with a talent manager about this. So she works a lot in Africa um, with Nollywood and um, and in the UK. So um, I think Marcus has heard this. Uh, Dojo Castings. Have you heard of Dojo Castings? They're really big in the UK. And I think mm-hmm. they were going to open a division here in the States. But I was talking with a uh, talent manager there. And she was saying sometimes that's just how it is. Like if you're too conservative and like that's something that I talked about too with one of the Bollywood producers. <laughs> it's like, I'm considered very conservative for this market. Um, right. I got so much poo flung at me because I wanted in my contract, you know, even though I have done fine art modeling, but it wasn't vulgar or anything. And I've done glamor modeling, but it was never vulgar. But I told them I don't want to do kissing because I don't know like where the person's been you could get like HPV and like herpes and things like that um I said I I would prefer to have in my contract where it's like not graphic I won't do sex scenes or Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just like extremely conservative for this market um it didn't go over very well yeah yeah, it, they're like, but you already like showed a lot of skin. It's like it's like for girls. I don't know if it's the same for guys, Marcus, but like for girls, it's like we get pressured and pressured and pressured and pressured. And um, initially, I wanted to do modest fashion, and that wasn't a thing here then, so that wasn't even an option. Now it's big now, you know, like with um, the Orthodox communities, with the um, um, a lot of my girlfriends that are Muslim, my friends that are like Orthodox Jewish, and like that's actually a thing now. Um, but that's what I wanted to do 12 years ago. <laughs> mm. 
So it was just kind of like I was con- I was deemed too conservative for this market. So I think that I think that like Singapore is really good. Like um, mm-hmm. I've never been pressured or anything to do things I wasn't comfortable with, like sex scenes or things like that. Right. Um, here, I just decided to do voice acting. And I think that's a good fit. And then just yeah. do voice acting because it's like I don't really have to show anything. I can, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, can just uh, you can even do yeah. animations. There's still like you know lots of room mm-hmm. for animation, um, you know, film work too. You know, um, with you know like uh, that that stuff is cool too. Um, now, like thinking about the industry and like you know we we talk we we kind of own this um subject oh, matter yeah. and like you know do you feel like it's changing and, and if so like you know how how has it changed you know since you know since early times. I think I definitely noticed the change in 2013, um, especially when Model Alliance came along. And I don't know if you got to talk to Sarah, but Sarah really got that going in like 2012, 2013. And now Mm. she's just like, it's just snowball. Like she is taking down like industry giants who um, had done things that Marcus and I had talked about that were like uncomfortable. Like I had like an agency photographer just act really perverted basically but um sarah is basically taking down these guys and you would never have i couldn't even have imagined that back in 2007 because it was just the way that photographers and agents and talent managers had so much control then um it wasn't really like the the artist's ground it was more like you if you wanted to be a serious artist you had to do what they said basically um it was like dealing with constant gatekeepers and if you went the independent route which i did it was more along the lines of having to advocate for yourself and being able to run a business because it's technically a business and a lot of people don't think that when they think artists um but you put that time in to build your portfolio and to build your demo reel and you want to get paid. You don't want to live underneath the bridge. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it's that kind of thing that balance, but Sarah has really, really honed in on it with model Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their, their headquarters is in New York and I did some studies with them. She had, um, she had a, she was working. I can't remember if it was NYU or which university it was, but they were doing um, basically surveys with models and they were asking us like, how were you treated? Were you paid on time? Were you paid at all? Cause that's also very yeah. common. And Marcus and I have talked about that. Um, if you weren't paid, what were you paid with? Cause sometimes it's material items, which is fine if it's like a luxury item and you could sell it right. and like make all the money back. But a lot of times it's like old clothes or collections and uh, it's just like the way that models were treated. Like it's it's completely different now than when it was in 2013. And now they have petites are back in style with Wilhelmina. So, <laughs> you know, and and there are more people of color. Like like DTLR has a lot of different models too. Like I love DTLR. Like they have such a diverse and the models look healthy. And other companies that have basically like followed suit and started hiring models that are like a healthy BMI, they look healthy and fit and they're happy. Right. It's like Hollister's done that now. Um, American Eagle's done that. It's like, it's a change. I think it's a change for the better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. And, you know, and, and what's interesting about this is like, you know, um, most people think this like, you know, was all like um, due to the Me Too movement, but this is all pre Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think, you know, uh, that's that's a lot to be said about that. 
and I think, you know, um, you know, maybe, you know, um, what happened in the modeling industry uh, could have been like, you know, kind of was a kind of a huge influence to, you know, you know, what happened with um, with Hollywood. Uh, with the Me Too movement as well. So, um, you know, uh, do you feel like, do you, do you feel like there's maybe some remnants that, you know, that, that kind of like trickle over into that in a little bit? And it, it kind of like, you know, kind of spun, spun kind of like, you know, uh, on a stream in a little bit, you know, um, you know, but also like it, it also helped, helped also in, in some respects. I think so. I definitely think so. I mean, I, we definitely have more diversity, but there's still a lot of change. Right. Like there's still the whitewashing aspect. So now there's, now it's like, you can be diverse, but you still can't be a fashion model. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, it's, I think that it will get better over time, but I think it's going to be a slow kind of growth. Um, I definitely think that Model Alliance helping with it um, to make sure that models are paid, whether they're like an Instagram model, whether they're, agency signed or independent like I was. Um, and I, I think there will be a lot more regulation um, in terms of it becoming like the other extreme. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, because I'm a little concerned about Instagram models for now, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we seeing, um, you know, there's seen like this, this prime now for like, you know, what what's idea for Instagram model. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, that's a little concerning. And uh, I know uh, there's uh, a lot of people that's showing some concerns about, you know, what's happening on Instagram. And, you know, um, people are feeling feeling like there might be some unfairness uh, there um, as well. And, um, you know, and like you said, you know, here in America is very hyper sexualized and, mm-hmm. um, and, and, that, and it hasn't dialed down at all. And it seems like seem like i don't i don't think it's ever going to die well i don't know you know maybe maybe we might come to come to some crossroads at some point um yeah definitely and like with instagram modeling um i've seen instagram models that it wasn't even modeling it just looked like i don't even know how to describe it yeah like it it wasn't like classy it was just kind of strange um <laughs> yeah. i'm trying like marcus knows i'm 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 trying to be diplomatic <laughs> yeah you know and we, we we definitely you know definitely want to be diplomatic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i'm like i i don't even know how to describe it i'm there are also a lot of companies that are scamming instagram models too um so right. Uh, I, I think it's an element of just like being really careful. I mean, there's a, a there's a lot of independence now for models and for talent, and there aren't as many gatekeepers. But along with not having the gatekeepers, come the scammers. So yeah. um, sometimes it's good to have a talent manager or a talent agent that's a little bit rough around the edges, mm-hmm. you know, to deal with scammers. But it's just kind of like it's like it's that balancing act. And I don't know, like you were saying, like I don't know if it's ever going to be fully balanced because it's just kind of like 
the culture can be kind of extreme in itself here. Like even yeah. if it's like, you know, political parties, divisiveness or anything to that effect. And I don't want to get into politics, guys, but, um, you know, it can kind of, um, it can be like a seesaw, it just kind of goes up and down. Um, but in terms of where the industry is going, I would, I would hope that the diversity stays. I would hope that having a healthy body weight and you know, girls just being healthy and happy and males, of course, too. Um, I was saying girls because I am one and it's kind of hard for me oh, to yeah. speak on behalf of males. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I, I'm curious to see where it goes. I mean, I, I've been thinking about it more and more. Some of the talent agents I've talked to are like, well, why didn't you just go to Asia full time? And they're, they're like, you could do really well there. We could, you could hire someone to be your um, dub like for films and mm -hmm. I was thinking that too I'm but we can't exactly move right now with a pandemic a global pandemic in full effect yeah but, it's really hard at this point you know so yeah um yeah. that's why I just basically switched into voice acting so I'm do, I'm starting training with a little bit more um initially I just wanted to focus on video games and characterizations but I think I'm going to actually relax a little bit and work with like audiobooks and all of that as well. Um, I think with the pandemic going on, it's better to take what work you can get. And right now, um, mm -hmm. I also do like, I'm also finishing, I'm working on another degree and Marcus already knows this. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, I'm on my third one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. And then it, it's just, I've just like been, been trying to stay busy. Like a lot of the stuff I do is technologically based um, right. outside of modeling. So uh, that was the other thing. Oh, I'm sorry, Marcus. I never answered the question about the parallel modeling or parallel, parallel career. So parallel careers are definitely really important. Um, even if you do sign with an agency, I would say get something maybe like tech oriented because tech you can do pretty much from anywhere. Um, and that's also the next that's the next wave of what's going to be in the job market is pretty much tech oriented everything, especially with like what Marcus is doing. And um, OTT is going to get really huge. Um, SMS is already growing, online e-commerce, all of that. So I would definitely drop shipping e-commerce is really big now. So I think that would be, those are good parallel careers to consider if you're going into the arts and entertainment. Um, tech or like business careers that you can do through e-commerce. Definitely. Oh, that's great. So, you know, uh, there's, there's one question that's driven, uh, uh, us down before we get to like almost the end here, uh, with like just about a few minutes left, you know, uh, what is Sullivan's, uh, she shed? Oh yeah. I forgot about my own show. Watch a show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Marcus came on the other day. So Sullivan She Shed is an OTT show. It is on Worldwide TV TV and Women on TV. Um, the CEO is Shavon, and she basically started the company in 2017. And she had contacted me. I think it was like April 2018. You know, because I had. Oh, Marcus, I never even talked about any of the awards I won or anything. Um, we don't need to cover that. So guys, I basically won like a national award and Shay contacted me right after I won the award. So that segued way into Sullivan. She, she shed, sorry. Um, yeah, there's so, a lot, there's a lot to uh, Sullivan, you know, that you guys just, you just gotta unpeel. She's like an onion. You gotta keep peeling. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about that. Like I, I'm really bad at that. Like I, 
when I go into interviews, I want to like give information, but I forget to talk about myself. <laughs> you know what? It's a lot. It's a lot to c- cover, though. You know, when you think about it, you know, even even myself, when I went on your show, it's like, oh, now I got to talk about that. I got to. <laughs> Exactly. That's why we have to do two and three parts. Cause like we both, cause Marcus is an old soul and he's had so many adventures <laughs> and it's just kind of like when you have someone that's, that has that much depth, it's just amazing to bring them on any kind of show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I know I can talk about so much with you, you know, like, cause you, you've done a lot too. So, you know, definitely, you know, the, 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 the mutual is there. So, yeah, so the she shed, you know, like uh, it's a great show, you know. So it's OT, uh, it's on, uh, on this OTT platform, mm-hmm. and so she contacted you after the the award, and you got hooked up with her, and now you're doing it, you know, um, almost it's it's weekly now, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weekly now. Um, so basically, our show has been on for two years, almost three now. That's kind of weird how time flies. Um, so basically, it's a show that is, we initially started with 30 million viewers. And then over the last couple of years, you know, as, we, as we've grown in our interview guests and like uh, strategic partners, um, we actually have an audience of 50 million now and it's global. Um, we were going to do a, like a podcast sub show, but that it just takes so much work to do an OTT show. And like Marcus is running like three businesses. So it's like... Um, I can't even imagine trying to do a podcast on top of the OTT, on top of like the merchandising. Um, so we've basically been focusing with that for two years now. And um, for the duration of time, I was also injured. And um, so I had my brain injury relapse during the first season, which was interesting. I really thought the show wasn't going to make it, but we did make it. And we now have an audience of 50 million global internet audience. And we have just a wide variety of guests that come on. So some are aspiring young entrepreneurs, and then some are seasoned experts. Like Marcus, for example, came on and shared about his expertise and everything that he's pretty much done. Um, So we have that. And it's a really fun show. Initially, we created the content for people in their teens to early 30s and then we gradually expanded it to maybe like mid 30s because a lot of our audience members our core audience members seem to be teen to mid 30s now rather than teens to early 30s and we bring experts on from their field and they basically share what advice they would give like they, they share their journey their hindsight their story and they also give our audience kind of like the real world expectation of what to expect when you go into the industry that they've worked in for like maybe 15, 20, 30 years. And it's been, it's, it's a really fun journey. And then like with the show, I get to meet amazing people like Marcus. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's a real good experience. And, you know, and I mean, you know, you got, you got the calmness and you definitely got the intuitive this and um you know you really you know definitely you know make it a, a great experience so you know i definitely enjoyed myself on that show you know so you guys gotta check that out um so you know if there was anything else that you know you didn't get a chance to say here with us you know what it, you know what would that be you know what would that you what would you want to put out there that you feel like you haven't might have not said I should probably say where to follow us online, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You can follow you can follow it follow it up with that as well. Yep, yeah, definitely. 
Oh, okay. Um, so our show is on every Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Like if you want to watch it directly on the site, it's worldwidetv.tv. And we have basically reruns from prior shows. Marcus's episode is going to be airing in 2021. So um, we're really excited to I'm see what to the that. editing team does. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, you can follow us online. You can follow me online as well. For Facebook, I have Sullivan Dolly Boulanger, and that's Facebook. For She Shed, there is Sullivan She Shed, which is the Facebook page. Um, Sullivan's She Shed, which is the Facebook group. And we also have um, Instagram, but Instagram doesn't like us right now. It basically blocked us from doing anything, and we can't really do outreach on there anymore. So there's Facebook. We have um, we have Twitter, which is T um, T She Shed. And, you, and Twitter was being kind of fickle with us too. Just um, you can type Team She Shed or T She Shed on Twitter. We're on Twitter. We uh, just made an account with Reddit to appeal to more of our, our teen base because they love interactive forums. Um, we also have, what is the other one? Oh, our website. Huh, how did I forget the website? Yeah, so there's, <laughs> there's Sullivan's She Shed.com which is basically um, um, a fusion of like some of my talent work and the actual show itself. Um, we basically, I'm, I mean, that's pretty much it. And you can check us out online. Marcus's, again, Marcus's episode is going to air in January. So we're really excited. <laughs> I'm excited about it. So I definitely can't wait to, to check it out. And um, definitely we'll be you know, checking out more, more of the uh, shows uh, as, they, as they roll out. Um, it's good. It's good content, you guys. You got if you want to check that out. Uh, so you know, with that being said, you know, thank you, Sylvan, uh, for for all that you do, all that you offer here tonight. You know, it's good conversation, good information. I, I know um, people who are looking to get in this particular industry, uh, those who uh, maybe not being you know, looking at in this industry, but you know, they you know can get some inspiration from just hearing. From your story are definitely now feeling transformed they're feeling inspired they're feeling motivated and transformed now so thanks to you know all that you offer here tonight thank you so much you're welcome i was thinking maybe confused too because i kind of went off the place. oh what, <laughs> quite, what awards she didn't mention awards <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we gotta we, we we gotta you know uh hear about those awards you know because she she is an award winner so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hear more about those awards you know so maybe maybe we can um you know get those listed inside of the episode description uh, so figure speaking of the episode description mm-hmm. so you guys that are listening those who are watching you can check out all of those links that she just listed uh, in the episode description uh, along with a nice little bio. And uh, a little bit of more of the information, some highlights of the information uh, in show notes. Uh, check those out. Share this wonderful episode recording around with someone you know, someone you don't know, as it helped to further the message, further the efforts of the, the show as well. And you definitely want to uh, come back uh, next time uh, for another uh, amazing uh, episode of the Transform You Live show. And so that's all we have for you. Until next time, many blessings. Peace and lots of love. Thank you guys for joining us on the Transform You Live show. 
If you are someone who's dealing with overcoming discrimination or feeling like, you know, you're not being or you, you don't feel like you are treated as part of the inclusive bunch, there's a way to rise above it. The best way is, as Sullivan mentioned, is to continue forward, never stop, be more consciously aware of where you are in this life, in, in this place, and continue to make those pivots and never stop it. You pivot forward, never pivot backwards. With that being said, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Transform New Live Show. And while I'm at it, I want to tell you about a real great product that has been working wonders in the lives of many women and helping them to increase their confidence. So if you're someone who feels like you're, you're lacking the confidence, you're a woman, there's a product called Dream Love 1000. Uh, this fragrance is very, very wonderful and it's definitely, you know, works wonders in some of the women uh, very close to my life that feel like, you know, they just not only want to smell good, but they want to feel good when they are rocking a, a brand uh, that truly cares about advancing women forward. So check it out at tinyurl.com forward slash tu show one. That's tinyurl.com forward slash tu show one. See you on the next episode. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.